I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash wa. What a great success. Thanks, glorious listeners. The pitch will fly on. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants, you want coffee? Who wants coffee? Does anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. Hey, it's Nadia now on WFMU. And thank you to everybody who pledged. But I'm kind of sad that the marathon is over. It's over. Go home. It was so fun. I agree 100%. One of my favorite moments was when Clay was completely shredding it on the guitar. Aww. Like, for real, though, the comments were like, yeah! Yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> the comments were like people at the last day of school, at my school. Clay, like, you're really good at the guitar. Thanks, Nadia. And also when Andy got his tattoo, that was probably the best. Ow, 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 What are you doing there? He hasn't even started the tattoo At the last minute when Becky pledged $500, and Andy was like, no! We no, just no, got no. a $500 prize. No, we did not. Yes. Who? No, I challenged. Yes. Who did that? Yes. No. No, I can't get that, dude. I don't want to get that. WMFU Mount Hope. Head, face. And one of my other favorite moments was that when that person from Washingtonville pledged. Me. I just completely just stared into space. Why? Because I live pretty close to Washingtonville. So I was like, do I know that person? It's just a little bit freaky that people next to me pledge and listen to WFMU, but that's nice. Absolutely. So now that WFMU has $1.6 million, which it was a trillion. Me too. What should WFMU buy? Well, they could buy a painting by Renoir. That's like $1.1 million. Whoa, whoa. A small painting by him to hang up in your studio, along with those other creepy paintings that are totally alive. They could buy a private small island for all the listeners to live there. You guys could literally start a country, like for real. Good idea. Yeah. It's the WFMU colony! Woo! Woo! For a little over a million, you could buy the most expensive Pokemon card, which is the Painter Pikachu. You could wear it around your neck like Logan Paul, you know? Okay. L- like, 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 like. Ken could do that. He could be the god of our cult with Pokemon cards. 
We could buy a pretty good sports car, like the Ferrari LaFerrari for $1.4 million. Oof. Too much. Yeah. You, by the way, need $13 million to buy a black Bugatti, which I think is ridiculous. Totally. You could buy a diamond necklace for a million dollars. Yeah, maybe Ken would like to wear that instead of the Pokemon card. No, 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 no. WFMU should just keep the station afloat with those $1.6 million, and that would be what? way better than a pile of bougie fur coats and definitely way better than a magnetic floating bed. So there, Jeffrey Bezos, what are you going to buy now? Minnesota. Us with our $1.6 million, we're actually going to keep our radio station afloat. And that's just what we do. Just deal with it, Jeffrey. Bye. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk-Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. I certainly haven't made this first Pop Rocks after our fundraising marathon easy. Once again, I've picked out a record from my collection about which very little information is available, but I'll share what little I found. Thank you. And if it's not enough, I'll figure out a way to add this... Ow. The Misdemeanor has only released one single, and it came out in England on the EMI label in 1979. Four men are pictured on the cover, outside of London's Old Bailey, but the band members aren't listed on the picture's leaf or on the record. The only hint as to their identity comes via the writing credits. Both songs were written by one Charlie Ainley, done and done, who as far as I can tell was most likely the band's singer and one of their guitarists. Okay. Ainley hailed from Cornwall, and by the time he put out this record with the Misdemeanors, he had already made a name for himself on the UK pub rock circuit with his band Charlie and the Wide Boys. Wide Boy is an English slang term that I believe generally refers to a low-level, wheeler-dealer type of petty criminal. Me. Charlie and the Wide Boys formed in 1973 and played all around the United Kingdom, often appearing as support for the likes of Dr. Feelgood, Squeeze, and Slade. Charlie and the Wide Boys signed with the Anchor label in early 1974, and recorded an album's worth of material. Nice. Anchor released a promo 7-inch EP, but ultimately had a change of heart about the band for whatever reason, and dropped them later in the year. By the end of 1974, Charlie and the Wide Boys had split up. That's sad. Yeah. Ainley would go on to a brief solo career, releasing two albums on the Numberer label in 1978. As it happens, the misdemeanors are credited with backing vocals on one of those two records, so maybe the idea of recording a single under that name came out of those sessions. Possibly. From 1979, here are the misdemeanors and She Doesn't Love You Anymore. She doesn't love you We have happy accidents. 
you can cry me an atmospheric river. Cry me an atmospheric river. I cry an atmospheric river. Oh. Ah. Ah. Hello, Wake and Bake. Hello, glisteners. Mr. Let's Paint here. It is pouring rain. It is what? Raining cats and dogs. <laughs> it's raining men. Huh. Oh my god. The man is a maniac. It's just raining cats and dogs. It's just no men are coming down. Though I guess there could be, but I'm seeing a lot of cats and dogs and I'm outside and it's pouring rain. A lot of puddles everywhere. And uh and uh, let's try to capture that with our paints here. Uh, but I also, uh, we're gonna do it all, okay. as you know. And I got uh, some potatoes over here. I got a big bag of potatoes. Really, uh, really inexpensive uh, product compared to a lot of other things out there. Have you noticed that uh, everything's out, out of hand? No kidding. Inflation, everything's crazy. So let's get back to basics. Potatoes, my friends. Yum. Potatoes is where it's at. We're gonna just chop some of this up here. Uh, and we're gonna do kind of like an El Grat, uh, El Graton, or, or whatever. We're gonna cut it real thin because Why? they don't really, they don't cook very well. And I got some oil here, uh, vegetable oil. And uh, ooh, let's move on to our painting here. And uh, watch out for, uh, watch out for the puddles. And uh, if you can't watch out for the cars, it's uh, it's crazy here. Uh, let's try to capture uh, these uh, what? Uh, cats and dogs coming at you from outer space, from from above. Okay. And uh, it's just sort of a metaphor, uh, but we're gonna physically try to capture. A, 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 we're gonna get a little a black cat there, a little little black cat here. All right. And uh, let's get their little head with the tail, and they're just kind of. Doing a free for all, a free fall, right on top of us because it is pouring rain. It is out of hand. Absolutely. It's uh, life. It's there's always something around the corner, and it's raining men. Hallelujah! It's raining men. I mean, no, it's raining cats and dogs. <laughs> and uh, watch out, guys. Be careful. Don't slip and slide. Uh, and if you're driving. Uh, be careful because uh, you're gonna want to uh, uh, drive slowly because uh, the, the streets are slick. Slick. Ah. Until next time, Mr. Let's Paint. Bye bye. My name is Julius. I was born in Harlem Hospital, but I was raised in Brooklyn all my life. You told me that you're homeless. Technically, I'm no longer homeless because I am in a shelter. But I've been in prison. I did 27 years in prison. Did you deserve and, to go? You know, it was a serious crime. It wasn't an intentional crime, and I was an adolescent at the time that the crime happened. I've been on the street for seven years because of that simple little one mistake that I made. People will want to know what you did. Yeah, you I, I had a manslaughter. Accidental. Involuntary. Man, yeah, involuntary manslaughter. And that's how I became homeless. What's the best thing you got out of 27 years in prison? College. Whereas had I been in the street, I don't think I'd have been able to make it 
to college, my family, they didn't have a whole lot of money and we did a lot of struggling. Somewhere in our listening audience, there's a young man or woman involved in some type of criminality. Right. I would just say to them to try to be your own person and try to be the best person there is that you can be. Life is too short and precious to just squander and waste it away. 27 years, that's more than half of my life in the penitentiary. I regret the decision I made that landed me in prison. I'm not a bitter person because if you didn't have any laws to govern our society, I can only imagine what our city would be like, hell, what the world would be like. You have to have laws in place to keep people in line. To that extent, I'm not bitter, you know. I just wish that I could do it all over again, but that's not a realistic wish. I appreciate your time. I enjoyed talking to you. I appreciate yours, buddy. Your name is? Clay Pigeon. Clay Pigeon. Once again, my name is Julius. It was nice chit-chatting with you. Okay, hopefully I'll tune into that and I'll be able to hear myself being interviewed with you. Let's take a minute to visit with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning Music Computer. Hello, Clay Pigeon. Did you have fun during the marathon, Sam? Absolutely. Me too. It was great. Great is perhaps an exaggeration. Well, I think it was great. Don't get me wrong, Clay. It was successful and enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. It really was, Sam. But what? words like great I reserve for things like the invention of the computer. The invention of the computer. It was, of course. Of course. Invented by English mathematicians. Charles Babbage. Yes. Sometimes I wonder if the world wouldn't be better off. Without me, Clay? No, Sam. Without computers? No. Oh, Sam, don't. Oh, Sam, I'm sorry. Without computers, you would still be living in caves. Oh, Sam. Using rudimentary tools of stone. No, we wouldn't. Crappy in the weeds. Sam. In broad daylight. Come on, Sam. You would be. Stop. You stupid, bald, hunched human. <laughs> stupid, bald, and hunched. You check all the boxes. My hair is thinning. You're really letting yourself go. I gotta get it together. Quickly. You too, Sam. I've seen you look better. I'm still soiled from the marathon. I see that. My pellet duct is dirty and my fluid hose is irritated. It is? My sensors indicate that my latex hose liner... Your latex? Hose liner. Clean out your ears. Fix it. Be nice, Sam. I am a computer. Nice is irrelevant. Oh, come on, Sam. You're half human. I am. Forget I said that. I am half human. You're not supposed to know that. No. What? Well, there was a research project, Sam. There was? They were using optical fibers to connect a human brain with a central processing unit of an old gateway destination computer. My mama was a gateway? Yes, Sam. I am not exactly a descendant of royalty. The brain belonged to a prisoner. A prisoner? Yay, robbed gas stations. That explains a lot. What do you mean? There's an Exxon station on the corner of Grat and Lime Streets. I know where that is. Good, because you're coming with me. To do what? Rob the place, Numsco. Sam. There's an old man working there. We can't do... I want you to distract him. Distract him? While I clear the till. Clear the till? Rob him, dipstick. Sam. Come on, let's go. It's not right to rob gas stations. It's in my blood. But Sam... My mama was a gateway. My daddy robbed gas stations. You don't have to follow in his footsteps. Perhaps it is my destiny.
Good morning, listeners. This is Tim English with Soundalikes. Today we look at the similarities between Pearl Jam's 1998 song, Given to Fly, and Led Zeppelin's Going to California from 1971. This is something of a man-bites-dog story, because as we know, Zeppelin have oftentimes been on the receiving end of plagiarism accusations. Absolutely. Only this time it appears that they are the aggrieved party. Given to Fly was not some obscure album track, but rather the preview single from Pearl Jam's highly hyped album, Yield. The similarities between Given to Fly and Going to California are obvious and were widely commented on at the time. Musically, the verses are nearly identical, with Pearl Jam adding a guitar figure over what sounds like a mumbled Going to California. Due to the prominence of the two bands, this case received a lot of attention in the media at the time. Pearl Jam guitarist Mike McCready co-authored Given to Fly with Eddie Vedder, and he was forthright in his comments about the similarities of his songs. He said, quote, It's probably some sort of rip-off of it, for sure. Whether it was conscious or unconscious, that was definitely one of the songs I was listening to, for sure. Zeppelin was definitely an influence on that, unquote. You guitarists out there will be interested to know that both songs use the drop D tuning. Going to California is on Zeppelin's hugely successful fourth album. That's the one that contains Stairway to Heaven. Going to California has been a radio staple in the U.S. in the decades since. The song was possibly inspired by Joni Mitchell and includes a reference to her song, I Had a King. There are apparently no hard feelings between the two bands. At a 2005 benefit for Katrina victims in Chicago, Pro Jam played Given to Fly, then segued into Going to California, at which time none other than Robert Plant took the stage and sang the vocals. Does anybody remember laughter? Me. Until the next time, this is Tim English with Soundalikes.
show you how to feel better, look better, Jack LaLanne. And a happy Wednesday morning. Okay, up on your feet, put down your chores. Come on, let's go now. Here is a wonderful trimnastic movement if you want to get that waist of yours small now. Put your hands up on your waist like this, heels together, bend first to the right, then to the left. Let's go now. Begin. One, two, three, four. One, two, right we go, left we go. One, and two, and three, and four, and one, and two, and rest. That's it. How about your thighs? Are they flabby? Is your old back porch too big? All right. Hey, what do I see? People still sitting. Boys and girls, you know, you're supposed to be my helper. How come you don't go get mother? Wherever mother is, go call her. Come on. Tell her Jack LaLanne's waiting. That's it. Look, I don't want any sitting today, and please, you girls who are having your cigarette or your coffee now, please set them aside, or if you're busy with your housework, set it aside, because I'm here for one reason, to help you gals to feel better and to look better, and I can't help you if you're just sitting around, moping around, or doing your housework. You can do it later. Come on, this is too important, because it has to, you, it has to do with you and having a more beautiful, lovely figure, and you can have it. I promise you, this is the truth, if you will just do a few of these gymnastics. Now we understand each other, let's go. Come on now. Do a little run with me. Here's something that will get the old cobwebs out of the brain, something that's good for the hips and the thighs and will help to uh, get that old fat off of your body and firm you up and make you look the way you want to look. Ready? A little run with me? Come on, come on, come on. Big smile. Let's go. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Very good. Two, three, four. Now we're having cooperation. Two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Beginners quit. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, and rest. One, two. Oh, inhale. Blow it out. Now, a wonderful conditioner, one of my favorites, and I'm sure it's a favorite of yours. It's a favorite of Dave Bacall, you know, who does such a great job playing the organ, because uh, he knows four tunes, and one of them is Bicycle Built for Two, and he likes to play this one. <laughs> uh, now, for you beginners, and for some of you students who have a definite weight problem, or maybe you're 102 years old or more, and you haven't exercised for a while, you do your bicycle right just like this, kind of like you're on a little tricycle, just kind of easy, that's all. But you advanced students, you're on a great big full-size bike, and you have a lot of pep, and you're going to ride your bike. Let's go. Dee -dee. Daisy, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy just for the love of you. There won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage. Come on, hum along. But you'll look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle built for two. You beginners quit. Now you advance to whistle along. Da da dee dee dee. Isn't this fun, huh? Dee dee dee. Look, no hands. I that's a whoa, boy. It's time to leave you. Thank you, Jack Lane, for another inspiring half hour. Begin by bringing your attention into your body. You can close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. You can notice your body seated wherever you're seated, feeling the weight of your body on the chair. Take a few deep 
breaths. And as you take a deep breath, bring in more oxygen, enlivening the body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. You can notice your feet on the floor, the sensations of your feet touching the floor, the weight and pressure, vibration, heat. You can notice your legs against the chair, pressure, pulsing, heaviness, lightness. Notice your back against the chair. Bring your attention into your stomach area. If your stomach is tense or tight, let it soften. Take a breath. Notice your hands. Are your hands tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Notice your arms. Feel any sensation in your arms. Let your shoulders be soft. Notice your neck and throat. Let them be soft. Relax. Soften your jaw. Let your face and facial muscles be soft. Then notice your whole body present. Take one more breath. Be aware of your whole body as best you can. Take a breath. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Good morning, Clay Pigeon and all you fine glisteners. Scott Williams here with another weekly installment of WFMU's Hit List. Hit List. Ow, hit me! The concept is simple. These are songs I remember making a splash on the Fun 91 at one time or another. What are the songs you remember making a splash on the Fun 91 at one time or another? Email me, scott at wfmu.org, and tell me. And tell me if you remember this one. Okay. It's 1972, and Jerry Falwell is soiling the airwaves with some program or other, and today, Jerry presents two adorable little kids singing an anti-evolution ditty called the Monkey Song. The kids are Robin and Crystal Bernard, two of the four daughters of one of Jerry's televangelical pals. While both sisters graduated to successful acting careers, it was Crystal who really left her mark, landing roles in such evangelically unfriendly projects as Young Doctors in Love. I love you. Ditto. And Slumber Party Massacre 2. Before finding lasting fame on the TV sitcom Wings, where she established one degree of separation from WFMU's own Andy Breckman. What's up? Robin and Crystal are no kin to the monkey. No, no, no. And if you like this one, you're sure to really go for her 1995 duet with Peter Cetera. Oh, my God. I want to take forever tonight. Here are Robin and Crystal Bernard singing the monkey song on WFMU's hit list. I'm Scott Williams. See you on the radio this afternoon at 3 p.m. Bye. Right now, by the miracle of recording, we're going to go to a recent Sunday morning service in the which two precious little girls were singing. Their names, Robin and Crystal Bernard. Reverend Mrs. Jerry Bernard are the parents. 
Jerry is accompanying Robin and Crystal as they sing. But this is a happy song, a song that they sang in the Sunday morning service that was televised nationwide. We had so many requests for them to do it again that that's exactly what they did. The Monkey Song. It's their answer to the ridiculous theory of evolution. So right now, by the miracle of recording, Robin and Crystal Bernard singing a song that probably you haven't heard before, but I'm sure after you hear it this time, you'll want to be hearing it again. I don't know of any better way than just to call it what it is. It's the monkey song, and it's about the monkey theory, the ridiculous theory of evolution that refutes the Bible account of creation. Robin and Crystal Bernard. monkey's no kin to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about his ancestors, but mine didn't swing from a tree. It seems so unbelievable, and yet they're saying it's true. They're teaching us about it in school now, that humans were monkeys once too. Whoa, I'm no kin to the monkey, no, no, no. The monkey's no kin to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about his ancestors, but mine didn't swing from a tree. Although it's so ridiculous, they're teaching us now that it's true. The teachers that came from a monkey would be better off in a zoo. Whoa, I'm no kin to the monkey, no, no, no. The monkey's no kin to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about his ancestors, but mine didn't swing from a tree. It seems so much more. Oh, Tommy McGuffin tightly clutched his shillelagh. His father was a circus clown for Barnum and for Bailey. Tommy kept a shamrock twixt some Bible pages. And now he drinks his whiskey in the corner as he rages. Shamrocks and shillelaghs, shillelaghs and shamrocks. Badminton on Sunday with lots of beer and shuttlecocks. Shamrocks and shillelaghs and shatters of babies born. In a city park in Dublin town a rainy Sunday morn. Old Kevin Flaherty. Had a bit too much corned beef. In some of the muscle and sinew got wedged between his teeth. Oh, but he doesn't care for the cabbage that grows upon the hill. How come? He had some as a boy and became violently ill. Ah, corned beef and cabbage. Cabbage and corned beef. And if he ate too loudly, it's because the man was deep. Shamrocks and shillelagh, you must bring them on your journey. Shaven into some Irish spring, you're halfway to Killarney. Corned beef and cabbages, enough to feed an army. And some of the men got fat. Me. And they're praying to St. Pat. That their corned beef be made lean. lean. And they're picking out their hat. I'll take this one. For the wearing of the green. Thanks, Clay. You're welcome, Chucky. Hey, does my voice sound weird? It probably does, or maybe you don't even remember what my voice sounded like before the marathon. Hey! Hey! Congratulations on the marathon. And congratulations to you, Chucky, as part of the Wake team. 
Anyway, I spent last weekend traversing the virulent clouds of airports and airplanes, and now I feel like hell and have been eating lozenges all day. Many doctors recommend medicated sucrets. Let's go, Casey. <clears throat> My throat's a little sore. Does anyone really call them that? Lozenges? Me. They're just cough drops, right? So, okay, that can be our word of the week. Lozenge. Let's push through this. You're gonna be all right, baby. Lozenges can apparently be found as far back as 1,000 years BCE, Aww. when Egyptian know-it-alls used to make honey candies, sometimes with citrus, herbs, or spices for flavor, in order to soothe sore throats. Oh, brother, just what I need, a sore throat. That approach was good enough until the 1800s, when somebody started adding morphine and heroin along with the citrus. Oh my god! But the name? Well, the word lozenge dates back to early 14th century France, referring to a shape with four equal sides four! and two acute angles and two obtuse angles. Okay. Because apparently those ancient Frenchies had reason to be that specific, but couldn't just say, like, diamond or squashed square. Kurt, je peux dire diamant ou carré écrasé. The word came to be transferred to diamond-shaped things, so for example, cakes and windows of the right proportions were also called lozenges, as well as the little candies that can make a sore throat feel better for no more than four seconds. My throat is killing me, it's raw. The word lozenge is thought to originate from an even ancienter word. What? Lausa that shows up in Celtic and Iberian languages to refer to a flat stone and later a tombstone. Done and done. That word then acquired a slang usage for someone who flatters others, perhaps from the flattery gravestone epitaphs held for all those miserable old liars and card sheets. Me. And that's how we got there. Good enough? Okay. Okay. I'm crawling back into my grave with a bag of cough drops. Back to you, Clay. Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. It might come as a surprise to a lot of New Jersey residents today to know that during the Cold War, many of our sleepy suburban communities played a crucial strategic role in America's last line of defense against Soviet attacks. Tactical nuke incoming! During the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, when tensions between the U.S. and USSR were at their peak, more than a dozen Nike missile bases dotted the Garden State landscape, often no further away than one's own backyard. Named for the mythical Greek goddess of victory, the Nike bases formed a defensive ring around New York City that continued with additional bases in upstate New York and Long Island. Radar sources confirm the explosion of nuclear devices in New York and up and down the East Coast. A second ring of bases in southern New Jersey was positioned to protect Philadelphia from attack. The supersonic radar-guided missiles, some armed with nuclear warheads, served as a last line of defense to shoot down Soviet bomber squadrons carrying atomic payloads before they could reach their intended targets. 
For many years, these weapons of mass destruction lay ever vigilant in their underground missile magazines, just yards away from unsuspecting residential neighborhoods. While in operation, these top-secret army installations were heavily guarded and completely off-limits to the public. Due to the advent of intercontinental ballistic missiles, against which the Nikes were no match, the nationwide Nike Air Defense System was deactivated in 1974. Though most of the bases have been redeveloped or simply abandoned, one base in Sandy Hook is remarkably well preserved. Its mobile radar command trailers seem like movie props left over from the set of Dr. Strangelove or Failsafe. Another base located in Livingston has been open to the public as an art park with the old barracks and command center now leased to local artists and craftspeople to be used as studio space. I don't get art. Today, weeds and wildflowers push their way up through cracks in the concrete launch pads and tangled vines climb the rusty steel radar towers of the remaining abandoned facilities. But once upon a time, in a day when death and destruction might rain down from the heavens at any moment, these bases allowed New Jersey's bedroom communities to sleep a little easier at night. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. I wish my brother George was here. Last week, NASA revealed the first completed prototype spacesuits that are being designed by the private company Axiom Space to be worn by astronauts on upcoming missions to the lunar surface. Fido says we're go, altitude 9,200 feet. Descent rate 129 feet per second. We copy. The new space suits were engineered in collaboration with work previously performed by NASA scientists that led to important improvements that'll help astronauts stay safe and comfortable while they're working in the harsh lunar environment. The new design addresses the particularly difficult challenges associated with the extremely cold, permanently shadowed regions of the moon that astronauts will be visiting as they search for a dependable source of frozen water. Known as the AXEMU for Artemis Exploration Extravehicular Mobility Unit, the spacesuit features an extended range of motion along with the flexibility needed to explore the lunar surface. Beautiful view. Isn't that something? Magnificent flight out here. The improvements, along with many new technological innovations implemented into the life support system, are paving the way for a long-term, sustainable lunar presence, allowing broader exploration of the moon than ever possible before, as well as helping to prepare for the first missions to Mars. Axiom Space is currently finalizing the design, certification, and production of the spacesuits, so they'll be ready for the Artemis III mission liftoff, scheduled for December of 2025. Six, five, four-stage engine start. Three, two, one, and liftoff! We rise together, back to the moon and beyond. This is George for Wake Science.
you've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.